the keys are to the glory days at the stick. From who's got it better than us to brick by brick. It's always the 49ers way from off season to game day. Yeah, we talk that. It's the 49ers cut back. It's 49ers Cutback Podcast time. Welcome to the show, everyone, or free agency talk, because uh, 49ers have some decisions to make. This time, it's on the offensive side of the ball. Of course, you want to see what I had to say about the defensive free agents that are available, head on over to that video. That came out earlier this week. But now I'm going to head and look towards the offense, because the 49ers have some very pivotal decisions that they need to make. Some key players at the position are available. And the 49ers usually worry about money at this point in the season. Now, last year, they had a lot of cap space. They created even more by restructuring George Kittle, restructuring Christian McCaffrey, restructuring Eric Armstead, and they freed up money. And that is still an opportunity and a a thing the 49ers could do this season as they look to potentially bring back as many players as they can from last year's team that was able to make it to the Super Bowl. Of course, you want to continue to increase. So, not about bringing the exact same roster it's about bringing the main guys back the core group guys and then adding to get even better than you were before you always have to look down the road as well as you find players in the draft or you know people under the radar as far as free agency around the league right now that's what your pro scouts are for is finding guys that can make an impact and elevate your team to another level while also being cheap because you just can't afford to pay every single player top dollar that's just the way it goes. And of course, Brandon Ayuk is going to be a big one for the 49ers. And it seems like every single year, the 49ers have a free agent that needs to be extended. And they have to decide what that extension is going to look like. And every single year, the same things happen. Go ahead and trade that player will be a huge outcry from a lot of the fan base and a lot of the national pundits. They'll say, hey, trade that player, get compensation, and build through the draft. One of the toughest things, though, is being able to replace that player with a like player. Yes, it works sometimes, but the 49ers have chosen, for the most part, to keep their players in-house. They gave extensions to Fred Warner and George Kittle and Nick Bosa and Debo Samuel. So the likelihood is Brandon Ayuk would get an extension. Normally that happens before training camp or around training camp. But the 49ers have a rare predicament here where they've got to make sure they get Ayuk under contract to help their salary cap status. Now, they could just use that extension to go ahead and bridge the gap uh, for their rookies that they'll have to sign because they're going to have 11 draft picks, or they can go ahead and take care of it early and maybe free up money for other roster moves. It's going to be interesting. But we've seen this not work out entirely, and I think wide receiver position is one of those positions where Kyle Shanahan doesn't normally get a rookie player and expect them to pay dividends. Every rookie wide receiver besides Debo Samuel hasn't made initial impact. Now, Brandon Ayuk made some impact, but his year was definitely an outlier with all the restrictions that were going on from the virus and everything like that. So it was definitely different for Ayuk compared to Debo in 2019. But when you look at the wide receiver sense, it's been a problem. Dante Pettis was actually a precursor to these two, and he struggled. And then there was Danny Gray, and now there was Ronnie Bell. Ronnie Bell had flashes, but once again, Ronnie Bell gone. Uh, in the in the moments where he was supposed to be an impact player, he wasn't making an impact. 
because the 49ers had him inactive. Uh, so I think the wide receiver is an interesting position uh, where the 49ers may not be able to trade Ayuk for a first round pick and then get equal, uh, you know, equal play back. And they need that big time wide receiver. So that one's going to be interesting. I'm sure we'll be talking about that more during the offseason. Uh, but we're going to talk about a lot of free agents in this one. It's going to be a lot of fun. Please like and subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. Appreciate it. Listening to our audio platform, 40 yards cutback on Believe. Thank you so much. Please give it a five-star rating if you have the opportunity. I appreciate that. And if you're going to bet, bet with Bet Online. Bet Online continues to be your number one source for all your basketball wagering needs, including pro and college hoops throughout the year. With up-to-the-minute odds, stats, trends, you can follow your favorite team's path to the playoffs with in-game live betting, contests, and all the best player props. Experience the world's best wagering platform anytime from your desktop or your mobile devices. Head to Bet Online today, become part of the team, and remember to use the promo code BELIEVE. That's B L E A V for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, the game starts here. And for the 49ers, they got some really good news today. And that is the fact that the salary cap has bumped up to $255.4 million. I was just talking earlier in the week that there was a big difference between what the two things were projected. Early projections were $243 million. And then all of a sudden it came out that, hey, maybe it's going to be two hundred and fifty. And then the league came out today and officially made it $255.4 million, which means $30 million rise from 2023 to 2024, which is huge. The 49ers banked on that, the way that they've backloaded contracts. They've freed up money for these years where it's going to come. The way the 49ers have went about building their, their team is by staggering contracts, not having too many uh, big contracts all at one time, but trying to push them back so they alternate. So you're only paying some of your top guys at certain times. Now, it's getting more and more difficult for the 49ers. Luckily for them, they have a rookie pay scale for a quarterback. But at some point, Brock Purdy's contract is going to hit the 49ers. Now, they can backload his contract a couple more years and keep this window open with a rookie pay scale for three, four more seasons if they play their cards right. And the way that the salary cap is elevating and football is creating more and more income and more and more capital, it means you're going to be able to pay players more money. The problem is, just like with all things, you might get an instant relief from it where you get out of your maybe salary cap issues. But what that means is as you continue to move through uh, time, players' contracts are just going up, which means you don't really have as much freedom. You have to continue to build and work within those rookie pay scales. So it's going to be interesting for the 49ers, but they do carry over $38 million from last season. That's good news. Uh, $293.4 million is what their cap space adjusted cap is going to look like. So the 49ers, they can allocate $293.4 million to their top 51 contracts when the season starts. So once they finalize their top 53, that's when they have to be under the cap. So 49ers are going to make some moves here, of course, with every free agent signing. Uh, they have to make sure they can get that contract under the cap. There's a lot of interesting things you can do with voiding uh, you know, years in the past or years down the road the way they did with Tashawn Gibson. They've done it with others. Uh, you do incur dead money in those seasons, but the 49ers have found ways to be creative with contracts. Brog Marazzi's done a really good job of helping John Lynch stay fiscally responsible. And so the four years continue to be able to build the way they want. 
Now, today also, the 49ers released Isaiah Oliver. Uh, he came over. It really appears now that he was a Steve Wilkes guy, that Buffalo nickel roll. Uh, he did not work out the way the 49ers would have liked. Uh, he did battle. He did compete. I think he's a good guy. But ultimately, the 49ers need to improve cornerback three. So they went ahead and moved on from Oliver, who had a two-year deal. They saved $2.4 million in cap space and incur a $1.6 million in dead money. But they definitely wanted that cap space to be able to do something else. $2.4 million can go a long ways. Uh, that's more than what Kevin Givens earned last season. Just to give you an idea of what you could do with some money like that, it gives you an opportunity to bring in a veteran or bring a linebacker, somebody like that in. Maybe Oren Burks comes back for $2.4, $2.5 That's what that money does. It allows you to go out and bring one of your players back. So that's huge, uh, a huge thing for the 49ers. And the 49ers have plenty of room to free up almost $90 million in cap space with restructures and ex extensions. Now, you don't want to go through and do all your extensions and all your restructures and free up $90 million. Yes, you could go out there and you could have a spending spree and you could put together a tremendous roster, but you would absolutely cripple yourself in 2025, 2026, when all that money that you restructured and pushed and kicked the can down the road hits you. Going in there strategically, working on a couple of deals to free up cap space is what the 49ers need to do. Ebo Samuel restructure could free up over $15 million, for instance. I think that is a very big likelihood. And when they free up money, uh, they don't lose any money. In fact, they get a lot of that money up front. It converts into a signing bonus. They get that money. And so the players don't mind restructuring contracts. They get more money in their pocket right now. And so a lot of these players are willing to do that. It helps the team uh, push that can down the road, and then they already get their money. So restructuring is not like these guys are taking a pay cut. They're still getting their money. It's just when that money hits the salary cap is what changes. So let's talk about the offense. There's 10 offensive free agents for the San Francisco uh, 49ers. And first at the quarterback position, there's Sam Darnold. And Darnold is an interesting case because you have a quarterback that came in and he got paid pretty good. After hearing some of the revelations with Kyle Shanahan, the interest in Tom Brady, it really makes it seem like the 49ers organization, Kyle Shanahan, that front office, was very concerned about Brock Purdy being available early on in the season. With that kind of revelation, it made me think that's why they went so hard on Sam Darnold. They signed him day one. That means he was a priority free agent for them. They put in a lot of incentives in his contract to make him want to come to San Francisco. I think the reason why was they were afraid Brock wasn't going to be ready. So I think Sam Darnold is a, a fine quarterback. I think they liked him as the backup quarterback. I don't know if they can afford to pay him the same amount of money that he got last year. And I don't think he really wants to be playing behind Brock Purdy. I think he wants an opportunity. He's going to test the market and see what he can find out there, an opportunity to actually get on the field. I think his play this season in the limited amount of snaps that he got definitely showed that he's got some ability. Is he a top 32 quarterback in this league? I think that remains to be seen. I think he's a very solid backup, uh, but maybe too high price for the San Francisco 49ers. They're going to look for areas to skimp and what are those places they could potentially skimp as quarterbacks. So, I think the likelihood is Sam Darnold moves on. The 49ers look for another cheap, like-minded, uh, like-ability quarterback. There may be other guys available, young guys who are going to be cut because they're getting moved on. Is that Zach Wilson, one of those guys that's going to get cut and moved on from? So is, is Mac Jones going to get cut and they move on from him? 
could the 49ers go with one of those younger guys, once again, a first-round talent who has underperformed in this league, and then get an opportunity to come play for Kyle Shanahan? We both know those guys are fits. How good are they? Uh, that's a bigger question. The 49ers are going to have to make some decisions, but we'll see what Ar- Darnold's market value is. I think there's going to be some teams around this league they are going to look go for him, and he might get big money or bigger money to be a backup quarterback because a lot of teams have struggled with their backup quarterback situation. So I think the likelihood is with Darnold being $4.5 million last year uh, with a lot of incentives, I don't think the 49ers bring him back at $4.5 million, uh, but we'll see. I, I think they would like to allocate money. They have been burned by the backup quarterback situation more than anyone in the league, uh, but we'll see. But when it comes to quarterback position, they also have Brandon Allen, and I think he's a real legitimate potential backup quarterback too for the 49ers this season. Now that he's played a full season in the system, is he as talented as Sam Darnold? No, but he he was paid $1.2 million last year. The 49ers could kick it up a little bit, offer him $1.5 million, bring him back in as a quarterback two, and then draft a quarterback to be quarterback three. That's a real case. Now, I think there are other quarterbacks, like I mentioned earlier, that could be uh, you know, very appealing to the 49ers. Bring them in. They have a high talent, you know, a lot of ability, some huge upside. But you do know that Brandon Allen can run your system. He was in a similar system in Cincinnati. He's a guy that's always there. He's a smart, intelligent mind, 32 years old, or will be 32 years old when the season starts. So I think the 49ers understand who Brandon Allen is, and that might be the natural movement, just elevate him to quarterback two and then figure out quarterback three along the way but it saves the 49ers $3 million. $3 million can go a long way in bringing other players back. Those small sacrifices could mean Darnold's out. Brandon Allen stays in San Francisco and is the backup quarterback for Brock Purdy. John Feliciano. Now, John Feliciano is an interesting one because uh, with Feliciano, he ended up starting most of the season. And the 49ers brought him in. He's only got paid $2.25 million dollars. That $3 million you freed up, are you free up from not signing Darnold? You could definitely bring back Feliciano. I think the question marks about Spencer Burford are now real. Everyone was expecting, and me included, for Burford to go from year one starting and having that rotation with Daniel Brunskill to being a legit starting interior offensive lineman that was going to build towards potential Pro Bowl-type caliber play. I mean, he had showed flashes, and we had seen the elevation from Banks in his second season. so. Everything pointed in that direction, and then we didn't get the play from Spencer Burford that we expected. Uh, some of it was maybe he just you know never felt really in rhythm. Uh, we don't know exactly what happened there. He was the year before starting next to Mike McGlinchey. This year it was Colton McKivitz. Could that have played a role into it? I'm not really sure. Maybe defenses learned his weaknesses and his strengths a little bit more and were able to capitalize on it. It changed his body during the offseason. Maybe that played into it. I think they got to figure Spencer Burford out. One of the things you could do while he's trying to figure it out is bring back Feliciano. I thought Feliciano was a stabilizing force within this offensive line. I think he's worth the money that you're going to have to pay him to bring him back. His versatility to play both guard positions and center is huge because when things happen during the season and Banks went down or Burford went down, he was able to step in and you didn't miss a beat. So, The value of John Feliciano is huge for the 49ers. And I think as of right now, he's a starting offensive lineman for the 49ers. Yeah, there's going to be other names and potential high-priced free agents in the interior offensive line who you might want to go ahead and get. 
But I think right now, currently looking at it, you want to go on the cheaper side yet get pretty good play. Feliciano makes a lot of sense. His big body, his ability to anchor, he did a really good job this season playing against some of the toughest defensive linemen in the league. I think John Feliciano is a guy they want to have back, and I think they would put a priority on bringing him back. What would that money look like, I think, is the question. I think if they could get him for under $5 million uh, per season, they would definitely be interested in doing that. That's a cheap option. And they'll just let him go in and compete with Spencer Burford uh, during the during training camp. But Burford's going to have to step up if he's going to beat out Feliciano. I'm not sure he has the capabilities. The one thing we do know is Burford has a huge upside. So there is the potential uh, he could get it done. And if he does, uh, that's better for the 49ers. They still want Feliciano as that guy that can rotate between all positions. And if not, if anything, Spencer Burford is at least a very steady backup. He's a guy that you could teach to play left and right guard. I think he could do a really good job as an interior offensive line substitution. So um, to me, he's a guy that makes sense for the San Francisco 49ers, Feliciano to bring back. I would definitely uh, go ahead and make that move. And are you about to have a party, a wedding? Uh, Beyond the Occasion offers various event services such as event cleanup, uh, decor, wedding officiant, MC, and day of coordinating. Uh, they cater to bridal showers, baby showers, weddings, birthday parties, and more. Contact uh, Beyond the Occasion if you're about to have a party, a wedding, or whatever, and hook and go ahead and hook up with them. They'll do a great job for any occasion that you have. Uh, if you want to email them, there's an email in the description down below. Go check that out. That's btoeventmanagement at gmail.com. They service Lodi, Stockton, Old Grove, Sacramento, and all surrounding areas. So get in contact with them, and they will help you have a really good day on your big day. It doesn't matter if it's a wedding or just a nice party. Hey, have them out. Uh, Let them take care of the mess so you don't have to. And so let's get back into this, and let's talk about another free agent, and that's Ray Ray McLeod. And Ray Ray McLeod came in a couple years ago, really solid player for the San Francisco 49ers. But really, he hasn't had much of an impact in 2023. I thought 2022, he was more impactful, more involved in the offense, filled in nicely for Debo Samuel and made plays. I don't know exactly what happened there. I do know he's a steady hand in returns. The 49ers know he's going to do a good job. He doesn't lose too many fumbles, uh, does a pretty good job of receiving the football. But how much do you need a kick returner, a punt returner, uh, to have a guy like Ray Ray McLeod where he's going to get paid what he gets paid? Uh, Ray Ray McLeod made $2 million. I think he's going to look for another opportunity on the open market. And I think the 49ers are going to look to go a different way. I think they like Ray Ray. I think he's a solid player, uh, you know, in the league. But I think the 49ers are looking a different direction. One thing we've seen from the 49ers is they like certain types of players. Big physical guys uh, for their back end seem to be the way they went this year. Jawan Jennings, Chris Conley, name a couple. Now, they do have some guys who are smaller more athletic, Danny Gray could be his opportunity to stand up. Ronnie Bell, we talked about him earlier. Um, and I think the 49ers are going to add to this mix, and there could be some guys available the 49ers want to bring in that are a little bit cheaper, maybe a familiar name like a Kendrick Bourne that they'd want to bring back, who blocks well, who knows how to get open. Uh, so the 49ers have some decisions to make, and I think Ray Ray McLeod is going to be one of those guys that ends up leaving the 49ers. I think it'll be Ray Ray looking for an opportunity to get more involved in the offense. Not a lot of opportunities with the three guys that are ahead of him. So I look for Ray Ray to move on and be headed out the door. 
And Chris Conley is a wide receiver. I think the Fortiers would like to bring back. He only was paid $1.1 million. He's still 31 years old. But I thought he came on as the season progressed. In fact, he beat out Ronnie Bell down the stretch, and the 49ers needed him in a big way. He made catch in the Super Bowl. He was a great blocker all season. I think the 49ers would like to bring Conley back and let him compete, and he might be able to make this stable of wide receivers. I think there's going to be an interesting battle at wide receiver this season uh, between potentially Ronnie Bell and uh, and other guys like Danny Gray who are looking to finally establish themselves as top five. All the while, the Fournier's are going to bring in guys. So Ray Ray being gone could open the door for these guys to compete and get spots. But I think Conley's going to have an opportunity somewhere in the league, but I think the Fournier's would like to bring him back. I think they could kick him a little bit extra money and bring him back. Last year, he was mainly on the practice squad before they elevated him and signed him to an official contract. Uh, so he's somebody that I think the 49ers could bring back. Now, wide receiver Jawan Jennings, and he's a restricted free agent. Uh, there was a lot of talk during the offseason. A lot of people thought he was going to be a UFA, an unrestricted free agent, but uh, we all know that's not the case. And when it comes to Jawan Jennings, there's a certain way you have to go about handling restricted free agents. Now, one of the easiest ways, just go and you sign him to an extension. Last year, Colton McKivitz was a restricted free agent. The 49ers signed him to a contract extension, and it made his money about $2.2 million, way less than what the offer sheet was going to be. Then what they do with Demetrius Flanagan fouls, they just let his, they didn't offer him anything, let him become an unrestricted free agent, and then signed him to a cheaper deal. So there's a couple of different ways to do it. And so let's go ahead and go through uh, what happens for, uh, the guys who are restricted free agents, because the 49ers do have a, another guy, Ben Barch. Uh, we'll talk about him in a second. That's a restricted free agent as well. Uh, so you have these different types of offer sheets that you can you can make. So if you go with an original round, to, uh, first you can go with first right of refusal. You go first right of refusal. Uh, that means that team has the opportunity to match anything that the player gets in the open market. A lot of teams don't like doing that because then if someone offers $8, $10 million a year one, they can steal your player uh, by front-loading the contract. So a lot of teams don't like doing that. Then you can go with an original round tender. That means whatever round the player was originally drafted in, if if they sign the player and you don't match, you get whatever round draft pick that was. So in Juwan Jennings' case, he was a seventh-round pick. So the 49ers put original round tender on him. Uh, if somebody signed him to an offer sheet, let's say it was the Miami Dolphins said, hey, we want him for $7 million a year. Fournier's are like, that's too rich for our blood. Uh, then Jawan Jennings goes to the Miami Dolphins. The Dolphins send the 49ers a seventh-round pick. Is that good enough value for Jawan Jennings? Probably not. Uh, then you can put a second-round tender on him. And with a second-round tender, it's going to be $4.89 million. Uh, so this is what the 49ers put on Kendrick Bourne when they did him as an RFA, and they brought him back. Uh, they Back then, it was like $4.3 million, so it has went up $500,000 since Kendrick Bourne was a restricted free agent. Of course, he ended up leaving as an unrestricted free agent the next season. So, yes, a, a tender gets you for one year, but they still are on pace to be an undra- or un, uh, unrestricted free agent. So you would love the extension, but if you can't, you get a tender. And then also there's a first-round tender, and when it's a first-round tender, uh, that means it's going to be $6.8 million that a team you know, can offer him, $6.8 million. Uh, he can go somewhere else. Fortiers can match all that. So 
I don't think it'll be a first-round tender. That's too rich for the 49ers. $6.8 million for Jawan Jennings doesn't seem likely because I don't think anyone would sign Jawan Jennings and then send the 49ers a first-round pick. So I mean, he's going to sign back with the 49ers for $6.8 million. That'd be a lot. I think it's going to be a second-round tender, what they did with Kendrick Bourne. Okay, you value Jawan Jennings at $4.8 million around the league. You might. But do you want to send a second-round pick back? And if you do send a second-round pick back, that's great news for the 49ers. So, to me, I think it's going to be a second-round tender. Jawan Jennings will make $4.8 million unless the 49ers can work out a contract extension, which I believe they really want to do. Now, with Ben Barch, it's the same sort of situation. Last year, Ben Barch made $940,000. My guess with Barch, they would love to have him back but they're not going to put a tender of $4.8 million. He's not going to get a second-round tender. Uh, they could easily put an original round tender on him for 3.1. My guess is with Ben Varch, uh, there's two two scenarios that I think are the case. I think either he gets a right of first refusal, uh, which would pay him 2.9, or the more likely situation, I think they just let him. They don't offer him. They let him hit free agency, and they see if they can bring him back on the cheap. We do know Chris Furster really likes him. Uh, he was very impressed by him. He was over on Jacksonville's practice squad, and the 49ers signed him during the season. And he's a guy that one of Furster's friends was really fond of and working with him. So I think they like him. He has the ability to play guard and center. Uh, I don't know if he's a better situation than Nick Sakel. It could be. Uh, but the 49ers love versatility on the interior offensive line, and Ben Barch is one of those guys. He's 25 years old. He's still young. So the 49ers might be willing to do that, but I think he's I don't think he's gonna get a contract offer. I think the 49ers are gonna go ahead and let him a test free agency and then they'll try to bring him back for cheap money uh, because they do need to improve the offensive line depth wise and they have some decisions to make along the offensive line because another offensive lineman, Matt Pryor, is also a free agent. Last year he came in at one point one million dollars. 49ers cut him during the season, brought him back to the practice squad, elevated him back. Uh, so Pryor didn't really see a lot of time for the 49ers this year. He was a backup, uh, maybe a, a third backup for Colton McKivitz. I don't think he's a priority to bring back. The 49ers will wait, see what it looks like, uh, and then potentially bring him back. But I think the 49ers want to upgrade the position, whether that's through the draft or free agency. My guess is Matt Pryor won't be in the, with the 49ers unless they're just bringing him in for camp to have him compete. So uh, Pryor could be another guy that's on the road out. Now, let's talk about the tight end position. The 49ers have a couple tight ends that are available. Ross Dwelly, of course, had his season cut short due to injury. The 49ers put him on IR before the playoffs to free up a roster spot. And Ross Dwelly could be coming to an end with the 49ers. Uh, They've been bringing him back on one-year deals since 2017. And I think this is the, the time now where the 49ers will probably move on. They kept him around in 2023 because they were trying to nurture and bring up Braden um, and, you know, and they want to make sure they have these guys that they can have step in and, you know, Cam Cameron Latu really didn't work out for the San Francisco 49ers. So uh, 49ers have some, some young guys that they want to elevate and see what they can do. But I think they also have some uh, tight ends that they like in the draft that maybe they'll be able to reach out to. And so I think this could be the end for Ross Dwelly. He could be a camp body. They could bring him in to compete in case they have an injury but they have some huge decisions to make at the tight end position. What are you going to do with these young guys? And Cameron Latu is the biggest one you have to make a decision on. You spend a third-round pick 
He got hurt. You sat him for the entire year and redshirted him. Is he going to be capable of helping this football team? If he is, uh, then you're like, okay, here we go. You know, we got our young guys that can make some plays. If not, you might need those veterans to count on again. Now, Charlie Warner is a little bit more interesting. Still a young player, uh, 26 years old, and he doesn't make a lot of money. He made under 900000 last year, and he was hugely pivotal in the way that the 49ers play offense. When he would come in, he would be excellent blocker at the tight end position, but he lacks in the ability to catch the football consistently. And so I wonder if the 49ers are looking for an upgrade. I think Charlie Warner makes a lot of sense as a blocker, uh, but you need guys who are more versatile, who are more dual threats at the position. You look at the Green Bay Packers, they have a they have like three young guys that are pretty good. So I think the 49ers looked in the draft last year to get younger at the tight end position, get better behind George Kittle, and try to create some opportunities where they had guys who could not just catch the football, but could also make some blocks as well. So uh, I think the 49ers will probably bring back Warner uh, in some category and let him compete with the guys that are there and see if they can't uh, get those guys to step up and beat him out. And the 49ers were willing to keep four tight ends this year, so there could be an opportunity for them to keep him as well. So it's going to be interesting for the 49ers. They have these these guys that they're going to have to make some decisions on. You know, I, I think it's likely that Darnold's gone. I think Feliciano will be back. I think McLeod's gone. I think Dwelly's gone. I think Brandon Allen will be back at quarterback. I think Chris Conley's a good chance to be back. I think Pryor will be gone. I think Jennings is for sure coming back with a second-round tender. I think Ben Bartz will come back after they let him uh, hit free agency. And then I think Charlie Warner uh, could be back. It just depends on what someone's looking for. Uh, Miami, Houston, they could be looking for a blocking tight end. You know how tight end he is with uh, George Kittle. So if 49ers come anywhere close to the contracts that he has available, he might be back. I think he's a little bit more, you know, on the on the ropes on whether he comes back or not. So 49ers have some tough decisions to make. It looks like they're going to have the necessary money be able to bring those players back though. So uh, it's it's going to be huge for the 49ers free agencies around the corner. Of course, I got more episodes coming your way. I'm going to talk about some players that are available. The 49ers could be interested in in free agency that have ties to the organization. That'll be the next episode. I uh, hope you guys all enjoy your weekend. If you're going to uh, be checking out anything, I'm going to start putting draft content over on Patreon. You can hop on to Patreon and check that out. I really appreciate you doing that. That's where I give my star players. Those are the main guys that I think fit the 4 yard system. Full explanation will be over on Patreon, so that'll be coming up pretty soon. Uh, this episode was brought to you by Bet Online. The game starts here. And beyond the occasion, check it out. Uh, email in the description if you have a party or anything. You need people helping you out, whether it's setting up or cleanup. Uh, go ahead and hit them up in that email. So thank you guys so much for watching. I'll catch you guys on the next one. Until then, stay safe. Remember the right way is always the fourth.